What's going on, everybody? It is Michael Hunter at ACCBR1 on Twitter. This is the ACC Basketball Report, episode number 62. This is the, the Final Four episode. We, you know, we're, we're coming down to it, the championship. We have an ACC team in the Final Four. Things are looking great. And that is followed by the most terrible time of year, which is no college basketball season, which fucking sucks. I hate it. But, uh, you know, hey, if you're a Virginia Cavaliers fan, you know, shout out to Will Ogenen, who is in, in Minneapolis probably already sitting outside the stadium as we speak. It is quarter of nine on a Thursday evening. Will, big ups to you, buddy. I hope you go. hope you have a great time. But uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I had one of my guys on tonight, Kinchin Taylor. Uh, who is a contributor at accbasketballreport.com. Charlie Monolakis couldn't join us tonight. He's feeling a little bit under the weather, which sucks. But uh, we, we persevered and pushed on without him, and I uh, hope Charlie's feeling better. Uh, don't forget to go to accbasketballreport.com, take a look at some news notes and some other things that we've put up. We're going to try to get some more stuff up here in the next few days. It's been a little bit of a, a dry spell for us, but we've got a couple new articles up in the last couple of days, one regarding Josh Pastner and the other one re- dealing with um, the defections that are not graduation-type defections from the ACC that have happened so far in the offseason. <clears throat> uh, today, me and Kinchin talk about Buzz Williams a little bit. We talk about the Final Four, obviously. We give you our picks. We break down each game. We talk about replacements at Virginia Tech. Uh, what else did we talk about tonight? I uh, talked about Jordan Noor a little bit and what the expectation is for him, whether he should uh, whether he should stay or go. I talked about the Virginia-Purdue game, obviously, one of the best games I've ever seen in my lifetime. And, uh, you know, it was a short show, but uh, I-, I thought it was really cool. I, you know, Kinchin is... Uh, is a good guest, and uh, I think things are coming along nicely with uh, with me, him, and Charlie. We're getting a little bit more comfortable with each other on the air. So, uh, ACCBR62, hope you guys enjoy. Don't forget, uh, write, review, share, subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a written review. Tell us what you like about the show and what maybe you'd, uh, you'd like to hear as far as guests or, or some other things. Uh, don't forget to find us on Facebook at ACC Basketball Report, where all the content is immediately uploaded. Just, uh, you know... Give us a follow, give us a like, and all that stuff will show it up on your timeline on Facebook. So it makes things a little bit easier. All right, this is episode number 62 with me and Kinchin Taylor from ACCBasketballReport.com. Hope you guys enjoy. Farrell turns the key, drives the lane with three on the shot clock. Doesn't get it. Five seconds to play. Down the floor, Okogi. Kinchin, what's up, buddy? Barely. Sounds like you're in a phone booth in India. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's a little bit better. Okay, yeah. I got these new headphones and I'm trying them out. So. Yeah, you, uh, on on last week's podcast, you, uh, you came through for a couple seconds, like everything just cleared up all of a sudden and then it went back out. It was strange. Yeah, yeah, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a quick one tonight um, for those of you guys who may be wondering. Charlie couldn't join us this evening, uh, feeling a little bit uh, under the weather. So me and Kay are gonna go down through real quick. I want to hit a couple topics, and then we'll get to the final four. We'll get to the title game, and we'll talk about some other stuff. First thing I wanted to get to tonight was <clears throat> uh, yesterday released 
a list on accbasketballreport.com uh, about some comings and goings, uh, guys leaving for the NBA and such. Kai Bowman, Jordan War, Nasir Little, um, Kobe White all declared. Little's gone. Kobe White's gone. I assume that Zion and Barrett will will follow him. Uh, Bowman also intends to hire an agent. I guess uh, the biggest question I have, the, uh, the biggest question mark for me is Jordan Wara. What do you, uh, Kay? What do you think is going to go on with him? You think he's going to come back? I don't know, man. Because he's to me, he's a second to a second rounder to not getting drafted. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a great scorer. You know, could have been could have been a little bit higher on the all ACC team if uh, if his team did a little bit better and didn't completely collapse against Duke and you know, didn't lose confidence. Um, but I think I think he'll probably do well by uh, you know, testing the waters out and seeing how it goes. But we'll see. But I, right now I think he's the second second late second rounder if he does decide to stay. I don't I don't see it. it's just it's a lot of it's really top heavy in draft in my opinion. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. He put up very good numbers this year, obviously, and was one of the, you know, the biggest breakout players in the conference. But I I still think his ceiling is higher, as I said last night on the the piece. Um, You know, his three-point shooting may be a little bit more consistent, though I think he's a pretty good shooter. Um, Agreed. Uh, you know, I, I think that he can show out, maybe put his athleticism a little bit more on display. I think sometimes he might have settled for the jumper uh, a little bit. Um, I, I think that uh, as of last night, he was he was projected around the mid-20s, which is interesting. I think if if he's projected to go in the first round and he receives good feedback, then I think there's a high mm-hmm. probability that he probably stays in the draft. But uh, yeah. he's. It'll be interesting to see whether or not he comes back because Louisville is going to be loaded next year if he comes back. They got a huge recruiting class yeah. coming in, um, and you put him in the mix along with Malik Williams and what he's become. Then you know Louisville looks you know like a tournament team and maybe not maybe maybe a second weekend team with all that talent and Chris Mack running the show. Um, yeah, but, that's why I think that could be another reason why that he's tried to go to the draft because he kind of sees the. This new, you know, freshman coming in, and he said, "Well, you know, I, I hit twenty, but these guys, I don't know if I'm going to consistently get my twenty, and that might, you know, I might peak right now at the right. draft scouts." Right. Point. That, that's 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 a good point too. Um, moving on to topic number two, Buzz Williams. I think we've all see, we've we've seen the writing on the wall for the last few weeks. He was going, oh, he, you know, he was going to yeah. Texas A&M. But it was. You know, the it, worst it's been like that for what month now? Yeah, I mean, ever since the SEC tournament, um, everybody knew it was coming. The you know, it's funny because Whit Babcock, who is the the AD at Virginia Tech, you know, he kind of s- snuck into Marquette and got Williams out of there. Um, that was kind of a surprise hire uh, five or year, five or six years ago, and it looks like the number one. Um, candidate for the job right now, Steve Wojciechowski, former Duke point guard and current Marquette head coach. What is uh, what is your take on that possible hiring? And do you have any other names that you may throw out there for that job? Oh man, so Wojo obviously is a good pick. You know, he has the Duke background. He's done really well as 
at recruiting at Marquette. So, you know, and, and it's a way to keep the winning culture going at Virginia Tech. You know, leading into the buzz years, it only made the NCAA tournament twice out of 28 years or something like that. Right. And now he's been the three straight. So, you know, you, the thing is, you got to keep on getting somebody who can keep that winning culture going. And, and Rojo is a, is a, probably one of the best ones that could probably do it. But, you know, kind of selfish reasons, I would love to see Lavelle Moten out of NC Central get the Virginia Tech job. You know, nobody is scared that day, but it's just somebody that I would love to see in the ACC. And since there's an opening, I got to throw his name in there. That's, that's a, that's a big jump. You know, I'm hearing, um, (laughs) you know, that's, that's, that's a long way to go, but, uh, Oh yeah. yeah. I I, I thought you, I thought you were going to like, uh, enjoy that a little bit more, but I'm kind of sad. I've actually seen it. Um, uh, he was, his name was mentioned on a stadium article that I had read. But are you serious? Really? Yeah. I thought I was the only one that had that. No, he was he was on the like the safe, uh, you know, the kind of like the the C C level options. Um, I think oh, uh, he, uh, he was there with West Miller and and Mike Rhodes, I believe. But uh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. one one guy that I'm seeing on the list, and, it, and it's really funny because Mick Cronin. Um, I I could see Mick Cronin going to UCLA. But, I, I mean, he's kind of the man at Cincinnati. And to go from Cincinnati to, to Virginia Tech, that seems honestly like a step down to me. I mean, obviously, you're going up in conference prestige from the American to the ACC. But you're kind of bulletproof at Cincinnati right now. Um, is, am, I, am I wrong in thinking that Cincinnati is a better job than Virginia Tech? Well, I, I think if you look at, you know, what he's done there, like, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy to say it, but, you know, if Mick Curran stays there for, what, another 10, 15 years, yep. I mean, the court the court's probably going to be named after him. Right. I mean, it's just the way that it is in Cincinnati. Will he get that at Virginia Tech? I don't think so. Kind of just judging what I've seen online with the fan base. It, I don't see a single Virginia Tech fan that's like, oh, man, Mick Cronin is on our list. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I, I have yet to see that at all. I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Who's another one? Uh, I, I can't think of somebody. That was like three. It was like Roger, Mick Cronin. Kevin Willard. And it was somebody else. Kevin Willard from Seton Hall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, would be a pretty good one, too. You think so? I, I don't think so. I think that's a terrible hire. I, <laughs> I, you know, like Seton Hall... Had its moments with Isaiah Whitehead and now um, with Miles Powell, but I am I am just not not a Willard fan at all. Um, I, I I don't see it, but I think he would uh, Willard would be a better hire than a Mike Young at Wofford, I think, or a Ryan Odom at UMBC, who I you know caught lightning in a bottle. Uh, I'm not sure if I, if I'm a huge believer in him. Um, one of the dark horses that I do like is uh, Matt McMahon out of Murray State, but uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what materializes. I think honestly, I do think it's going to be Wojciechowski, but we'll we'll see what happens there. I think Virginia Tech is a I don't know. That's I guess that's a lateral move, but it would be interesting to see him coach in the ACC against Coach K. Yeah, be too. Uh... 
Coach K's disciples in the league now if he comes. But I did see, which, you know, it's typical coach speak anyway, but uh, I was glancing through Twitter today and the David Glenn show uh, interviewed him today. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's like, uh, I'm 100% committed to Marquette and, you know, I love this place. All this, you know, it's kind of the same thing that uh, – that Buzz said, yeah. or actually, did Buzz even say anything about this Texas A&M job? Did he even, like, come out and say, you know, I'm, I'm 100% committed? To being no, I don't, I, think, really don't think he did. I don't think there was ever a vote of confidence that he was telling anybody at Virginia Tech, hey, I'm definitely staying. I think he kind of stayed mum on the whole thing. Uh, during the whole process, yeah. of course, they were, you know, in the, in the tournament in the Sweet 16, he about to play Duke. So I guess it makes yeah. a little bit of sense. But anyway, um, yeah, Wojciechowski is my guy. I, yeah. I thought it was interesting that Shaka Smart could parachute out, but he's got a huge buyout at Texas. And I don't think anybody's going to be paying that for him. Not even uh, not even Virginia Tech. And hopefully they beat Lipscomb in the NIT championship. Uh, that's being played as we record this podcast and give some redemption to uh, state fans who hate Lipscomb right now, a.k.a. <laughs> me. Uh, you can't hold grudges like that. It's just the NIT. Dude, I, I just don't even want to start with him. <laughs> Next topic. Next topic. All right, so <laughs> let's let's actually get to what people give a shit about. That's the tournament. Uh, Virginia-Purdue. Is that the best tournament game you've ever watched in your life? Oh, man, that was a really good it, – it, it was great to see Carson Edwards keeping doing Carson Edwards things. And ten, scoring ten threes. 40-some. 40, 42, Again, yeah. Like, yeah, unreal, unreal points. But honestly, it was the best game that ended that headed into overtime. Like, I've never seen a game head into overtime. It's exciting. It's that, what, two seconds that went off the clock or something? Yeah. Two or three seconds. Where, you know, this is the free throw, gets tipped out the half court. And, you know, a lot of players are always going to just, you know, take two steps and just throw up a 90 footer or whatever. And yeah. Play it goes in. But Kia and Clark had the, you know, the presence to see, you know, Tia open. I don't know if it was just the hair that kind of stood out, you know, also. Yeah. That made the pass a little bit easier. But, well, I mean, you're, you're the 6'10, 6'11 black guy with white hair. I mean, he sticks out in the crowd. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to see that <laughs> yeah, guy from yeah. a ways away. Um, I think it yeah, was pretty exactly. pretty funny that uh, Kyle Guy was also wide open, but uh, we, we went to Diakite. We went to Simon Phoenix on that one. Um, yeah. I mean, just the whole... The whole last what five six seconds? I mean, you gotta if you're Matt Painter, that's gotta just tear your guts out. But um, yeah, I, I tweeted out during that game, I believe that up to a, up to a point, I think Kyle Guy was four for thirty two from deep in his career in the NCAA tournament, and I think it got all the way up to four for thirty five at halftime, and then he comes out in the second half. And just starts drilling triples, and I, I don't even know. I can't even remember how how many he ended up with, but uh, it, it, you know, I, I just like to say you're welcome to Virginia fans because once again the ACC basketball report curse has come back to bite you. Yeah, I think he was one for six going into the half, and he ended the game five for twelve. So he just starts draining triples in the second half. Um, yeah, yeah, unreal, it, unreal. That's what sure is that he's such a great. You know, score is somebody who could just be that terrible, and then just all of a sudden, just 
you know, hit all those threes to get back in the game. Well, he's, and, you know, I mean, he is guy. The, the, the quintessential, when he's hot, he is red hot. And when he's cold or he's not, or when he looks disinterested, he's really cold. But yeah. once he gets rolling, he's, he's yeah. the best shooter in the country. No doubt. And, and especially the way DeAndre Hunter played in that game, you know, you needed somebody of that caliber to, to step up on offense. He, he hasn't looked good. I mean, I don't think Virginia as a group, with the exception of maybe what the last 10 minutes of that, that game there, Virginia hasn't yeah. looked really engaged and they're going to need to bring it and and be focused against this Auburn team who really has nothing to lose. I mean, they've exceeded all expectations. They've already had that close call in the first round in the Mexico State game where they probably should have lost, except for that that boneheaded play by A.J. Harris. And then, you know, they miss a wide-open triple at the buzzer. You know, the Auburn Tigers are playing with house money right now. Um what do you think of this matchup? And right now, is is Virginia the favorite to win this whole thing? Do you think? Because I'm hearing a lot of people say that. I think they're mainly saying that because Virginia has been so dominant the whole year. Like three losses, and two of them were to Duke. So really, it's only been like one loss to the field, pretty much. Right. And so I think. Honestly, I think Michigan State is the one playing with house money right now out of the Final Four. Yeah, and I and I say that because you know you you look at the coaching. Okay, Izzo has been there for however many years in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like every other year he's there. We have three first-time coaches. You know, Chris Beard, uh, Bruce Pearl, and Tony Bennett. The last time, fun fact. The last time you had three first-time coaches was the year that Carolina won. So Which time? you had a coach with experience there, a.k.a. you now have Tom Izzo, who has experience in the Final Four. He's seen the big lights. He knows what happens there. I, but uh, that's who I think. I think Sparty has the chance. I, I, I think they're the favorite and Virginia's too. And then if you want to rank it, uh, I'll probably go Auburn because they're the hottest team in college basketball right now at three, and then Texas second four. This is really an insult to Texas State because they've been playing awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think all the way. I, I don't. I really want to pick them to win the whole thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go against what everybody wants. You know, I think everybody probably wants to see Michigan State and Virginia. Um, I personally want to see. Texas Tech and Virginia. I don't care that it was gonna be that it's gonna be a sixty to fifty nine game, but God, man. I think that it would be a chess be match. So terrible! <laughs> oh God, it's gonna be like what was it? UConn and Butler in two thousand eleven, where it was like fifty three to forty five yeah. was the chip, was the final score. Like, yeah. oh my God, it's gonna be <laughs> terrible. But no, America won Duke. Let's be real here. America wanted Duke in the Final Four. We want to see more Zion. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real here. <laughs> I, I mean, I wanted to see. I wanted to see Duke Virginia again. I, I really did. I, I thought that that was that yeah. would have been a great matchup, or even Duke and Kentucky for that matter. But you know, we don't always get what yeah. we want. But you never know. Maybe this turns out to be, you know, two or three of the greatest games we've ever seen. Um, it's interesting you, when you mention the coaches. It's interesting the. You know, we do have three first-time coaches, but you have, like, the, the grizzled vet in Izzo. You've got the outlaw in Bruce Pearl. 
You've got the guy. I, I like how you put that. You know, you know, you got. Uh, I'm not talking to the NCAA. I don't care. You know, come get me. And they just never did. So whatever. You know, he's a fucking all star <laughs> in my book. But um, and then you got the. You know, the the golden boy, Tony Bennett, who kind of underachieved or seemingly so, but now he's now he's you know, he's he's making good. And then you've got, you know, the rising star who right now everybody in the country is talking about beard and how if you have a program that's floundering and you have cash, offer that man five, six, seven million dollars a year and he will win basketball games for your program and do it immediately. Um, he's also recruiting at an extremely high level at to a place like Lubbock, which is just a, a ridiculous thought. So this this cast of characters that are leading these programs is is, is incredibly interesting to me, and uh, I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah, like you said, you know, it's for the college basketball junkies like us are. You know, we're loving this Final Four. But mm-hmm. to the casual fans, they're, they're not going to watch it. No. You know, they're like, all right, Texas Tech. Unless they've like been the, the, the really casual fans that watch the first round and keep up from it from there. Oh, CBS but hates the people this. people that just tune in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They want to cut into their money. You know? yeah. they're, they're not going to have as high a viewership as if it was a Duke Kentucky or a Duke Carol, especially a Duke Carolina yeah. or a Duke Virginia championship game. So, moving into these games, I guess we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about Michigan State Texas Tech first. I uh, I, I think it's going to be the more interesting game. I think it's going to be a, a chess match game because these teams are so similar. Um, you know, tough, hard nosed rebounding defense. A uh, couple, you know, a star player on each team that kind of runs the show. I think personally, I said this on the Rock and Twenty Five at a, at a Rock One Hundred One on Tuesday that will air tomorrow. I think that Michigan State has the bulk up front to give guys like Odiasi and Tariq Owens a little bit of trouble. I think Xavier Tillman is kind of a Swiss Army knife, and he's going to give Owens trouble, especially if he gets him away from the basket and gets him in space. I think Nick Ward can can have his way with Odiasi, even with that bum hand. But when you go out to the perimeter, you know, I've been on the wrong side of Michigan State seemingly all year. I haven't been a huge believer in Michigan State. I just didn't they just didn't impress me on paper. And I think on the perimeter, Texas Tech does have the better players. I think the best player in the game is Jarrett Culver. Um I really like Matt Mooney. I really like uh the the Italian kid, what's his name? Benetti, I believe. Who yeah. sh- who shoots yeah, it at forty three percent from deep or some craziness. So I think Texas Tech does have the advantage on the perimeter. I think halftime adjustments are going to be huge in this game. And I think in the end, I'm going to go against Michigan State, even though I've done it all year and I've been wrong every time. I'm going to take Texas Tech to win this game. <clears throat> What's the biggest spread on it? Do you remember? Uh, I, I know what uh, I Virginia, Virginia and Auburn's is. Let me, I don't uh, remember what Michigan State and Texas Tech yeah, is. Yeah, let me pull. I don't have – I don't have uh, – I got Ken Palm up. Ken Palm says it is a 67-66 victory for Michigan State. So assume that that, that game is probably going to be one and a half, I would say. One and a half uh, in favor of Michigan State. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. So kind of the flip-flop of what you say. Um, I just want to have the visual of that kid from Italy. You know, getting on a plane 
and flying into Lubbock, Texas. Just imagine <laughs> him being just starstruck. It's like I lived in Italy my whole life, and now I'm thrown in this. Right. But, uh, yeah, you see him uh, sitting by the ocean also, eating shrimp and fish in Naples. You know, beautiful women, beautiful architecture, old school town, and then he flies into Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. Oh my goodness. It, it would have been great. It would have been great to see. Also, I just can't buy into Chris Beard because he doesn't have an actual beard. Like, it's silly <laughs> to say, but, you know, it's the truth, man. Live up to your last night, man. Like, at least grow something. Even if you can't, just just have a little, you know, five o'clock shadow. Well, you can't be out there looking like a bomb. I mean, and plus, maybe you're superstitious. <laughs> superstitious. Ever since that uh, that uh, run with that run with Little was it Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, Arkansas Little Rock. You know, ever ever since uh-huh. that that team, I mean, maybe he's superstitious. He he did it without the beard at Arkansas Little Rock. You got to keep that look until until it's out of style. And he's all he's done is win, win, win. You know, so. Uh, okay. Yeah. He's just so good. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I thought it was interesting that you didn't even talk about Cassius Winston in Michigan State. I think he is probably the best player that's going to be on the court in that game. He had like the quietest 20 point game I've seen in a very long time from a college basketball player. He was Duke. Yeah. Like he just, just scored. And I think he's going to just continue to score against Texas Tech. I just don't see anybody that can beat this guy right now. Out of Texas Tech, maybe Virginia when they put Kihei Clark on them, or or Kyle, or Ty Jerome, but I, I'm leaning towards Michigan State. And also, I got to go with the uh, what I said before about the coaches with experience. You know, Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo has been there for a long time. And, so you know, been there, been there, done that. You know. Yeah. Well, he's done it once, but. In in a game where I mean you got the the number one defensive team in the country as far as just the defensive efficiency goes in Texas Tech, if Cassius Winston goes out there and gets you know nineteen twenty two points, I don't necessarily think that that is equal to a Michigan State victory because I'm not sure what to expect from Matt McQuaid in this game. I'm not sure you know what to expect from Aaron Henry in this game. <clears throat> um. I think Winston can go out and get his. I'm not sure that anybody else is going to be overly effective. I, th- I think Winston will have a good game as far as counting stats go, but I'm not sure that Matt McQuaid is going to go off or you know Xavier Tillman's going to go off. I, I just think that the the supporting cast for Michigan State has has not impressed me all year. And while Winston's really really good, I'm just not sure that they're going to have enough uh, enough support from people around him to get by this Red Raiders team. Do you think Coach K went home and told Mickey, you know, after the loss, he's like, you know, Matt McQuaid, he would have been really good here at Duke. <laughs> uh, I think he probably went home and, and called the NCAA and <laughs> tried to snitch on Izzo for something. You know, he's like, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Are you sure Larry Nasser's not involved in this? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All right. Jumping, jumping to the other side, um, which I, I think this game, everybody knows what we're, what we're, what to expect, what we're going to see. Uh, you know, Virginia is going to try to slow it down, limit possessions, and you know, keep it their game. Auburn wants live ball turnovers, and they're going to shoot you know half of their field goals from deep. And depending on how hot they are. You know, you, you could see this game go either way. They only hit seven in their last game against Kentucky and, and still were able to pull out the victory. 
Virginia is one of the best teams in the country in defending the three-point line. I just – I think right now I, – I picked Virginia in the ACC-BR bracket. I, I've got to stick with that pick, and I, I don't really see a reason not to. Like I said, I think Auburn's playing with house money. I've got Virginia moving on to the finals to play Texas Tech. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. You know, Virginia is you – know, I think Auburn's luck is eventually going to run out. Like, mm-hmm. even though I said that last week and talked about how they weren't going to hit all those threes, and then they did, you know, I said, what, seven straight games in 12 plus threes, mm-hmm. and then they go play Carolina and hit 17 threes. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> you know, eventually their luck's going to run out. And I think Virginia, like you said, is like, exceptionally about defending the three. And I think that's that's going to eventually wear them down. But another thing to keep in mind is the Okiki injury. You know, they're playing they're playing for him now, mm-hmm. you know, since he's not able to play on the court. And it, and it kind of makes me think about the Kevin Ware injury with Louisville back in 2013, even though that title is supposedly wiped from the record book. You know, that was a very similar, you know, season-ending injury, and they, you know, kind of rallied together and made a run to the championship game and ended up winning. Yep. So Auburn could maybe sneak it, but I, I like Virginia's defense more than I like Auburn's offense. And I think I think it's it five-and-a-half Virginia. I think I'm going to stay with Virginia five-and-a-half, but I'll be a little bit weary if the line goes down some. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Um, so I've got I've got Texas Tech, Virginia in the final. You got Michigan State, Virginia in the final. Who do you got winning it all? This is this is the ACC uh, basketball report podcast, right? That's ACC. correct. Okay. Well, I'm picking Sparty to win. I, I hate to do it, but I just think that that is a being there. You know. How, how do I want to phrase it? The, he's been in a championship game before, mm-hmm. and I think Tony Bennett's a great coach, and I think that this is kind of an inspirational story for them to, you know, be knocked out from a 16 seed to, you know, first 16 seed to ever knock off a one seed last year. You know, that kind of grinded them, you know, the rest of the way. But I think this Michigan State's experience is just going to, Izzo knows what to do in late game championships. Tony Bennett's never been in that other than a conference championship, in my opinion. So I think I'm going to go with Sparty on this one. Whoops. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not, but oh. I really wish you couldn't. Hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> just some, I, I was. Oh, some good I was what are you talking about? Yeah, I was on. I just see something come across from Evan Daniels, and I clicked on the story. And twenty four seven sports is just loaded with art with uh, advertisements. So that was some fucking Fortnite fucking game or something. But uh, the worst pop ups are the worst. I think I'm not sure that that Bennett's inexperience in the big game is uh, as much of a negative as people are going to make it out to be. Obviously, people are going to bring up UMBC until the end of time. But, um, you know, he's... And they should. Yeah, and they should. And they should. should. Um, 
But he, he Virginia's played in some big games before. I mean, the ACC tournament and, and things like that. I mean, they've played huge games at the end of the season in the ACC. Granted, it's not the national championship game. All that said, when I look at a Virginia-Texas Tech matchup, both great defenses, two of the best defenses in the country, obviously. I, I just... I I've thought from the beginning of the year, and I said this, you know, early on in, in the on the podcast before the season started. This this Virginia team is going to play with a chip on its shoulder. I Ty Jerome is one of my favorite players in the country to watch uh, play basketball. I just he's got in the gym range. When Kyle Guy is hot, he's you know he's one of the best shooters in the country. You know DeAndre Hunter hasn't played well yet, and I think that he's going to. I mean, it, it's like Barry Bonds going over thirty and hasn't hit a bomb, you know, he's due. And I think that in this Final Four, DeAndre Hunter might solidify himself as a lottery pick. Uh, you know, you have a week off, he's going to get in there, he's going to get shots up, and he might come out on fire. I- I'm going to take, even though I like Culver, I really like Beard. I like how this Texas Tech team plays, how their roster is made up, and they've got just specialists, I guess, off the bench and in their starting lineup, like, Odiase rebounds, and then Tariq Owens is energy guy, help side defense. Culver does everything. Moretti's a three-point shooter. Mooney is kind of a, a three-point shooter, but he's got a little bit of game to him as well. I I just I can't go against Virginia at this point. I got Virginia winning it all. I got Tony Bennett breaking through. I think that's going to be the story of the year is Virginia loses to a 16 seed, then comes back the next year and wins the whole damn thing. I It's it's too good of a story to hope that it doesn't happen. So I'm going to ride that train until, uh, until Virginia possibly loses, but I got Virginia winning it all against Texas tech. And I mean, I wouldn't be upset either if, if Virginia won, you know, I've been on the Virginia bandwagon for some time because, you know, state state's never this far in the tournament. So I always like to cheer for Virginia and I like, I like Virginia. You know, everybody always kind of trashes their style of play, you know, embrace the pace. But I'm I'm embracing the case. I, I, I always, I, 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 if they do win the national championship, I hope Kyle Guy gets up there and, and pulls a Ben Bulware from Clemson's national championship in football in 2016, and he starts, you know, naming off like we did this for you know former players in the past. I right. want Kyle Guy to go up there and be like, we did this for Joe Harris. We did this for Mike Toby. Justin I, Anderson. I, yeah. I, 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 I would love it. I would love it. All right. All right, guys. That's going to do it for us. Uh, I am Michael Hunter. Kinch and I appreciate you joining me. Um, oh, yeah. We'll be back. Anytime, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week to review whatever does happen. And then we're probably going to take a little time off. Before we jump off tonight, I wanted to give you guys a few notes. Georgia Tech lands 6'5 sniper Asante Price, uh, three star out of South Carolina. It looks like. Uh, Arkansas Little Rock grad transfer Rajon Tucker has scheduled his first visit. It will be to UNC. And probably the biggest news of the night that I've seen so far as far as recruiting or the transfer market goes, Anthony Harris, who was a prized recruit going to Virginia Tech, has decommitted and is wide open. Look for uh, the Duke Blue Devils to be heavily involved with him. They were deep in on Harris before he committed to Virginia Tech. He actually took an official visit to Durham the week before he committed to VPI. So it was definitely probably, well, I'm going to say it was definitely down to either Virginia Tech or Duke. 
and he chose Virginia Tech. Now Buzz Williams is gone. Early prediction from me is Anthony Harris ends up at Duke with Vernon Carey and Boogie Ellis and Wendell Moore. And once again, they put together a completely stud freshman class. All right, man. I appreciate you joining me. I'll see you next week. Yeah, man. Michael, appreciate it, bud. All right, man. Take it easy.